You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Profit Podcast. Everything NFL and fantasy football related all year long. With your host. Calvin Wright. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Profit Podcast. Week 8 is pretty much in the books. And also, happy November, everyone. We'll get the Christmas decorations in here in a few weeks. Man, week 8 was absolutely brutal. This was one of the worst weeks of fantasy football that, that I have seen in a while. At least this year, this year. This was, I think, the worst week. Every year, there are two weeks or so that are just horrific for fantasy football. And this was one of them. I mean, Kyler Murray, eight points. Jalen Hurts, 11 points. We had uh, Calvin Ridley step away from football about an hour before uh, one o'clock. We had, which is also known as uh, 12. We also had Derrick Henry leave halfway through the game and he's now out for the season. We had James Robinson get injured and not return after the first quarter. I mean, this was a horrible week for fantasy football. Nick Chubb, seven points, outscored by Dearness Johnson. DeAndre Swift, seven points. I mean, this was so unbelievably bad. Uh, I mean, <laughs> then on the other side of things, we had, we had Mike White scoring 26 points and Michael Carter putting up 32 points. We had Geno Smith connecting with, with Tyler Lockett. Now that Tyler Lockett is for sure on everyone's bench. And Smith put up 22 points and Lockett had 26 of those points. I mean, it was a horrific week for fantasy football. The, all the streamers that people were high on this week, you know, Carson Wentz, Teddy Bridgewater, they flopped. Teddy Bridgewater put up 12 points. Jo- Javante Williams ran the, uh, the Broncos down to the, the five-yard line. And then got injured on the play, got taken off for the rest of the series, and Melvin Gordon took the touchdown. Jerry Judy, seven points. Cortland Sutton, six points. And Antonio Gibson, eight carries, out-touched by J.D. McKissick and Jarrett Patterson. I mean, we got a lot to discuss. I'm going to try to make this as brief as possible so you can all get on with your day. I want to talk about the players that I'm actually concerned about and some players that you need to pick up. I'm going to start with the good. Well, not the good. This isn't the good. This is the opposite. So Jameis Winston, done for the season, looks like a torn ACL. We don't know the full diagnosis of the injury yet at the time of recording, but he is done for the season. We know that much. Taysom Hill becomes a player that I am insanely interested in. Why? You're going to say Taysom Hill isn't a great passer. He's not, he's not great. Okay, sure. But guess what he can do? He can run the ball. He started for three weeks last season, or well, one, two, three, four, four weeks last season in 2020. And week 11 against Atlanta, he put up 23 points. Against Denver, he put up 16. Against Atlanta, 20. And then against Philadelphia, 17. He was pretty darn good when he was starting in terms of fantasy football because he ran the ball 
I mean, here his rushing totals, 10 attempts, 10 attempts, 14 attempts, five attempts, and he scored four touchdowns on the ground throughout those four weeks. He has some favorable matchups. Listen to, uh, well, yeah, listen to the rest of the season for Taysom Hill. So Atlanta, Tennessee, Philadelphia, Buffalo, Dallas, Jets, Tampa Bay, Miami, Carolina. Those are the most important matchups because that that's week 14 through 17. Those are the playoffs. Those are the week to get you in the playoffs. He gets the Jets and then Tampa Bay and the Miami and the Carolina. I mean, it's it's the same with like Trey Lance, Jalen Hurts, and now Taysom Hill. Out of those three guys, whoever is starting during that playoff run is going to be a league winner because they run the ball and I don't care how bad they are passing. They've got favorable matchups in the fantasy football playoffs, and they will run the ball. So with Taysom Hill start being the presumed starter from here on out, I mean, Taysom Hill, uh, Trevor Simeon, maybe he'll go to Simeon, but I would expect Taysom Hill to get the job. You got to pick up Taysom Hill. He has to be very high on your waiver priority. He has to probably be the highest. Um, and you... Better hold on because he might go nuclear in the fantasy playoffs with those matchups and the rushing ability. So that is one player that I'm very interested in. Now, Green Bay, let's talk about some of the busts. Am I worried about Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon? Because A.J. Dillon got a lot of snaps. He got a lot of runs. He took away from Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones produced in terms of fantasy, but are we worried about the timeshare? No. This was a product of the game script. Their game script was, we don't have a wide receiver. We're going to run it down Arizona's throat. And they did that. And A.J. Dillon got a lot more touches than he's used to because that was the game plan. He will be involved, but he will not see 16 carries every single week from here on out. Am I worried about Kyler Murray? He had a bad game. Well, I am if this ankle injury is serious. We're not sure how bad this injury is. He gets San Francisco coming up next, which isn't a terrific matchup, but Jay, uh, Justin Fields just did did pretty well on them. So if if Kyler Murray is playing, no, I'm not worried. And then A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, as always, this is uh, a four-bullet roulette with these wide receivers. And DeAndre Hopkins is the most startable. But the problem is now he has a nagging injury. It's a nagging hamstring injury. These are notorious for being, you know, re-aggravated mid-game. And that's what we saw from Hopkins. He got off to a hot start, two for two for 66 yards, almost a touchdown. And then he left the game and didn't, didn't really play again. So DeAndre Hopkins, I am worried about. Because if he's gone for a few weeks, then he's just gone. And we, we, we learn to play someone else. But if he's playing through this injury, he will have a few more weeks where he could pull something in the first quarter and disappear. And that is what loses you these weeks. If Hopkins, they say, okay, he's out. You get the full, you know, three days or whatever to find another receiver, which I'm sure you have other receivers on your team, and start them. But if he's playing, we have to deal with the possibility of the injury being re-aggravated. So I guess what DeAndre Hopkins, this comes down to how serious this injury is. So if you have Hopkins, watch the injury report for Arizona. But with Hopkins and uh, Kyler Murray banged up, it doesn't bode well. So just keep a very keen eye on that injury report. Atlanta, terrible performance. I mean, Matt Ryan, five points. Uh, 
Cordero Patterson, he's the only one who really did well with 18. And then Kyle Pitts, three. This was a bizarre game. They lost Calvin Ridley about an hour before kickoff. I don't know if anyone on this team was expecting it, but we weren't. Uh, so I, I imagine that played into part of the poor performance from this team. Without Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan can't be started. And Cordero Patterson, he gets a big boost once again. He will see so many touches with Calvin Ridley gone that he becomes, he's still must start. And things keep going his way for fantasy owners. Things keep going Patterson's way. Kyle Pitts, I'm not quite sure what to, to think about this because, yes, he's great, but is he ready to be the only target on the Falcons? They get New Orleans next, and then Dallas next, and then New England next. Those are three straight terrible matchups for Kyle Pitts as the number one option on this offense. So I, I am pretty concerned about this because Calvin Ridley's departure hurts this offense a lot. Fewer scoring opportunities. Uh, uh, defenses will really be able to focus on Pitts. I mean, he, he will be the, the player that they game plan against. So this is brutal for Kyle Pitts fantasy owners as uh, uh, because I don't think he will be, you know, a top five or top four option rest of season now with, with Ridley gone. Now, there is a PPR upside that he could just see a gross amount of targets and he's getting 18 targets and hauls in nine of them. There's nine points. So in PPR leagues, he's much more serviceable, but in a half PPR or standard league, I'm very concerned about Kyle Pitts. DJ Moore couldn't get much going against Atlanta. This is just another case of Sam Darnold sucking. Um, you better be hoping that Carolina gets to Sean Watson if you own DJ Moore because this offense has gone downhill fast. Without Christian McCaffrey, this offense really does not function. And they get New Orleans this coming week. He will be the, the focus of that defense. They will focus on let's shut down DJ Moore and they will probably do it. Then he gets Arizona, Washington, Miami, bye week, Atlanta, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, New Orleans. So he does have favorable matchups coming up. So maybe try to buy low with that hope that Sean Watson comes. But with as bad as Darnold's playing, I don't even love him in those really great matchups. That's, that's what's tough. Garoppolo got things done in terms of fantasy. Uh, this Chicago-San Francisco game was a lot closer than it should have been. Uh, Khalil Herbert also got hurt. He came back, I believe. But... um. He's he's a player that rest of the season will have value even when Montgomery comes back. So be thankful for that if you own him. And Elijah Mitchell, people who dropped all their fab on him and secured him after week one, congratulations. He seems to be a, a solid RB1 at this point. Debo Samuel continues to impress Allen Robinson. He's droppable. Just drop him at this point. Brandon Ayuk, a season high of 10 points. Uh, well, not season high. A season high of involvement with 88% snaps. Uh, he ran routes on like 95% of his snaps and he was targeted seven times. So that is good. Things are ticking up for Brandon Ayuk. We can't trust him yet, though. We can't trust him yet. Najee Harris got it done. Dearness Johnson got it done over Chubb. I mean, Chubb rushed 16 times, 61 yards, no touchdowns. And Dearness Johnson, he, he was the one who found the end zone. And he had a better day than Chubb. So that's going to be very frustrating for Nick Chubb owners that Chubb doesn't seem to be the guy. I mean, they don't seem to commit to him. 
It's very weird. Uh, Cincinnati this coming week, Michael Carter just gashed them. So both Dearness Johnson and Nick Chubb this week are people that I'm starting. I'm starting Dearness Johnson this week against Cincinnati uh, because Chubb, for whatever reason, if it's the health or just he he's not quite as good at some things in the game, he doesn't seem to be a bona fide workhorse running back. And whether it's Dearness Johnson or Kareem Hunt, there's usage for both of them. Now, what's interesting, Dearness Johnson, I think, could be traded to the Titans with Derrick Henry out for the season. He's we can't even, we can't we can't comp him to Derrick Henry, but his rushing style is more similar to Derrick Henry's than Jeremy McNichols is, and I think that Cleveland might be fine parting ways with Dearness Johnson since. Kareem Hunt is coming back in the next few weeks. So keep an eye on that because that would send Dearness Johnson's value through the roof. Najee Harris, absolute beast. Once again, Claypool didn't get much done. This was a low-scoring output. Philadelphia, Detroit. Man, oh man. If you had told me that Jalen Hurts got benched and uh, put up 11 points, I would say the season's done. But no, very different. Philadelphia won. They beat Detroit by so much, 44-6, to six, absolutely unreal, that they benched shirts because they didn't need him. And all day, he really did very little because they didn't need him. Completed nine passes for 103 yards, some carries for 71 yards. Uh, wow. I mean, this one hurt. This one hurt because we were expecting this to be one of the best games of Hurts all year. But be thankful they won this in the fashion they did because I think this this helps Jalen Hurts' job security even though he wasn't involved that much. And also, once again, the floor for Jalen Hurts is higher than anyone else's. 103 passing yards and zero touchdowns. For any other quarterback, that would be 25, 50, 75, 104 points. Four points. Hurts got 11 because he rushed seven times for 71 yards. So... Somewhat impressive performance from Hertz. The fact that he put up 11 points with only 103 passing yards and no touchdowns. Now, what was very frustrating in this game was that Ken, Kenneth Gainwell didn't get touches till the fourth quarter. No clue why. He was the RB1, technically speaking, and it went to Boston Scott, and then it went to Jordan Howard, and then when the game was over, they gave it to Gainwell. So Gainwell, unstartable now. Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, I don't even... We'll we'll talk about those two later on um, in the week. Just just we have to watch what coaches are saying coming out. And remember, they are not going against the Detroit Lions again. They are not going to be able to run the ball 46 times against the Chargers. They may try, but they won't be able to because they'll have to throw more and put it in Hurts' hands. So we'll talk about this in the like matchups, but Jalen Hurts should rebound massively against the Chargers. A high-powered offense with a terrible rush defense works perfectly for Jalen Hurts' garbage time. Rams, absolutely unreal again. Cooper Cup is on pace for a massive season. While he's having a massive season, he's on pace for a record-breaking season. Daryl Henderson is looking the part of an RB1. And he is someone you should be starting every week as such. I feel bad for Brandon Cooks. That's all I'm going to say about Houston. Man, this Tennessee game. Tennessee, this was rough. Derrick Henry left the game with an injury after a, a poor outing. This helps A.J. Brown the most. I mean, A.J. Brown is already seeing so many, so much volume. I mean, 10, 10 receptions, 155 yards, and a touchdown. He's a top eight wide receiver rest of season. He always gets off to a slow start. But he's got, 
he's got some favorable matchups at the end of the year, finishing with Miami in the Super Bowl. So A.J. Brown, top five rest of season. Don't worry about it. And then Michael Pittman. I mean, two touchdowns boosted his performance, but this is really four, three of the past four games he has gone off with 20 points, 5, 20, 30. He's the wide receiver one. He's finally getting wide receiver one volume with 15 targets. He gets the Jets and then Jacksonville, then Buffalo and then Tampa Bay and then Houston. So Michael Pittman might be a top 10 receiver rest of season. I am expecting it. I, for one, am expecting a top 10 finish from Michael Pittman at this point. He is so involved in this offense. Carson Wentz has fallen in love with him and is hyper-targeting him. And he's the perfect Oh, alpha wide receiver. We talked about it last year, actually. He was one of my favorite deep sleepers. I was a year early, but um, excited for Pittman because he reminded me last year a lot of like Michael Thomas, incredible hands, you know, great length. And now he's being hyper-targeted. He's kind of performing similarly to how Michael Thomas was. So great game for him. Joe Mixon got it done, 25 points. Jamar Chase, oh, a little bit of a letdown, but he still got it done, 13 points. Uh, New York Jets, the only points I'm chasing are Michael Carter because he's so involved. That's that's why I'm not in, interested in anyone else in this offense except for Michael Carter because he ran the ball 15 times and then saw 14 targets. Now, this will probably dissipate a bit. I don't expect this type of performance every single week for Michael Carter. Um, he's a good sell-high candidate in my eyes. Although, <laughs> who are you going to sell him high for? There are no running backs left. <laughs> there are no running backs. I guess keep Michael Carter. Uh, in any other year, he would be a sell high after that performance, but there are no running backs left to sell high for. They're all injured. So enjoy your 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 running back, whoever has Michael Carter. I was I was reasonably high on taking him late in drafts. Uh, he's he's getting things done in favorable matchups with Mike White. He might be reliable. We don't know. It's it's hard to project this Jets offense because they've been so bad all season. Mike White comes in, they look elite. And it's hard for me to expect that type of production to continue. They do have favorable matchups. So, I mean, Indianapolis, Buffalo hard, but then Miami, Houston, Philly, New Orleans, Miami, Jacksonville, Tampa Bay. They finish up with some decent, decent matchups. So enjoy your Mike White. If you're in a league where there's still some running backs left, I guess try to sell high. I would because this is probably the best he'll do. But... I understand there are not many running backs left to trade for. And, and if there are, people are clinging on to them pretty darn tight. Uh, New England beat the Chargers. Damien Harris had a good game again. He's, he's, he's such a solid RB2 this season. Uh, and he gets Carolina, one of the worst rush defenses. Oh, no, 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 no. I was thinking Chargers. Carolina is a decent rush defense. Uh, but he, he doesn't really bank on high efficiency. He banks on a lot of touches and then a touchdown. So Damien Harris is a continued start. Uh, Eckler got it done. I'm not particularly worried about Justin Herbert. The The Patriots are just a really good team. They're coached so well, and they took away his favorite target this year in Mike Williams. They really silenced him. Keenan Allen had a good game. That was nice to see. Keenan Allen owners have been frustrating. He put up 19 points. Against Philly, he should see another good game. And then Jacksonville, I got nothing. I got nothing. James Robinson... Now reports are saying this is a day-to-day, not week-to-week injury, which is great news. If he's back and healthy for this coming week, he's a full start. I mean, he looked good. Four carries for 22 yards and on a reception for 17. He was looking great. He just left the game very early. So I'm not really interested in Carlos Hyde now. If 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 
Robinson were out long-term, I would be. But at this point, I don't like anyone on Jacksonville except for Robinson. And then Seattle, DK continues to get it done because he's a massive athletic freak. And Tyler Lockett, now that everyone... He made sure last week. Last week, I was like, okay, we're going to get the breakout because he's on everyone's bench, pretty much everyone's bench. And he said, no, 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 there are, there are a few. He checked he checked Sleeper and saw 1.5% of leagues were starting him. I said, I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week. So if you had the patience to, to play Tyler Lockett against Jacksonville, congratulations. You cashed in big time, but it probably did mean you lost three straight or four straight or five straight matchups. Um, he gets a bye this week. Hopefully for his sake, Russell Wilson is back next week. All righty. We're going to finish things off. I have nothing to say about the Washington football team except for they are lying. Antonio Gibson is not healthy. He's not healthy. If he were healthy, he wouldn't be running the ball eight times and Jarrett Patterson wouldn't be running the ball 11 times. Antonio Gibson is not healthy. Why they keep playing him and giving him just a small workload where he can re-aggravate injuries is beyond my knowledge. I don't understand it. They're not winning. They're a crappy team. And at this point, I mean, we all know that their their management, their ownership is bad, but the, the their handling of this Antonio Gibson situation is so stupid. Um, it's just stupid. McKissick is a great start in PPR leagues at this point because Gibson isn't healthy. I don't care what injury reports are saying. He's not healthy. Watch him play. Watch his usage. He's not healthy. Terry McLaurin busted big time. Um, the the certain was just really good and holy smokes Heineke was horrible. He gets Tampa Bay Carolina beatable matchups for wide receivers, but Taylor Heineke is so stinky and so crappy that I don't think we can start Terry McLaurin right now. I mean, I mean last last four weeks eight points six points twenty five six. He's not consistent. He's not reliable, and it's horrible because Terry McLaurin is such a good player. This is why I talked about trying to trade him because he doesn't have a reliable quarterback or a reliable offense whatsoever. And it's making it now that later on in the season, with him him dealing with little injuries, even in these favorable matchups, he won't be able to be relied on in fantasy football. Melvin Gordon, please get traded to the Titans. Please, that'd be phenomenal. Because then you would actually be kind of startable instead of just this, this, this shot in the dark, hope you get the touchdowns. And it would free up Javante Williams. And suddenly where there were no good starting running backs for fantasy, there would be two. If Gordon goes to Titans, he'll be a great RB2. And if Williams is the number one running back on Denver, he'll be a good, good, good RB2 too. So please, Melvin Gordon, for the sake of everyone, get traded to the Titans. And suddenly we'll have two new startable fantasy running backs. Gordon there and Williams there, I can't really start either of them. Gordon fell into the end zone because Williams got banged up on a long run. It's not reliable production from Melvin Gordon. Terrible, terrible offense in Denver. Teddy Bridgewater, you look so bad. Oh my goodness. Tampa Bay, every year, every single year, Brady loses some weird game to a backup quarterback. This year is Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon got the best of him. Winston gone. We already talked about you must pick up Taysom Hill. We talked about the playoff schedule. We talked about how elite he is as a fantasy option, not because he's good, but because he runs the ball a ton. So pick up him. Alvin Kamara, we just keep starting because he has so much upside. We know Kamara. Tom Brady, we keep starting. He was he, he had a good fantasy day. Uh, the runners didn't get much done. New Orleans, just their defense looked so stout. Godwin had a great game. And Evans had a good game too. We've talked about before. As long as Antonio Brown and Gronk are out, these two are great starts every single week. And Gronk, yes, he was in, but he got injured very early on before catching a ball. So it didn't really count. 
And then Dallas, Minnesota, Ezekiel Elliott is a great running back. We all know that. Didn't really happen in fantasy, though, because he couldn't find the end zone. Rush had a decent game, not fantasy-wise, though. Dalvin Cook had a sucky game. I mean, Dalvin Cook hasn't been great this year at all. He has one game over 20 points. He has not been what he was drafted to be. He's been banged up. Justin Jefferson <laughs> did nothing. I mean, this, this, this Vikings offense just looked flat. They looked bad. I mean, Justin Jefferson torched the defender. Should have had like an 80-yard touchdown and just got overthrown. This was a very frustrating game for Justin Jefferson. Owners, Adam Thielen found the end zone. That was one prediction I got right. I said Adam Thielen, boom, performance. And he he found the touchdown like he always does and put up a good game. But uh, Amari Cooper had a great game at the end. I mean, it wasn't looking like a great fantasy day, but then at the end, he got like 60 yards and a touchdown on the final two drives. He finished with 25 points, the first good game from him in a while. He has Denver. Maybe we'll be able to capitalize with Dak back. And then C.D. Lamb had a good game with 112 yards on six receptions, and Wilson had a good game as well. He got the long touchdowns. I'm not really chasing those points. They're not reliable, but if you had him in DFS, congratulations. All righty. That's going to wrap this one up. We just went through all the matchups just talking about what happened because, you know, if you looked at your team, you might be confused about what happened. We talked about a little bit. Are, are we worried about some of these players? Yes, some of them. Chubb, I'm a little worried. They don't seem to be committing to him. Antonio Gibson should be on your bench at this point because he's injured. And then Taysom Hill, you must pick up. Those are really the main points. Uh, but we had a few others in there. I tried to keep this one a little briefer because it's Monday and I know everyone's patience is fried and you're probably frustrated because if you had a good team, you probably lost yesterday. Uh, so thank you all for listening to this episode of the Profit Podcast. I will see you all probably Wednesday. We'll do another podcast because there is just so much going on in the football world now. So many injuries, so many COVID things, so many, so many, so many things. I'll see you soon. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye.